On today's episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, let's talk about the Houston offense and what did that mean in the last four games carrying it over in next offseason. Some league news, how does that affect the Houston Texans and why does the Texans stick to players that they should have given up on and not the players that they should have given time to? But first... Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Texans fans, to another episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, your team every day. It's Tuesday, right? So let's have some fun. I'm John Hickman, and of course, I'm joined by Cody Davis, none other than Cody Davis, the greatest co-host in the city of Houston. I must add to that. Super excited for today's episode, Cody. League news and notes. COVID is running wild. We have mm. one player that was affected by COVID uh, on yesterday where 25 players were placed on the COVID list. Out of those 25 players, 11 players were placed on practice squads. Uh, one of those players from the Houston, Texas being Kamu Grugier, excuse me, Kamu Grugier Hill, who, of course, uh, he's going to be out for a while due to, that, due to that knee injury. Houston also still has David Johnson on the COVID list as well. So Houston, in the last 24 to 48 hours, they are now without some key starters. And uh, I don't know how much I would call David Johnson the key <laughs> starter, but they will be without starters on the, uh, the offensive and defensive side. And I wanted to look at with the players that they won't have, right, David Johnson. Kamu uh, Gugier Hill, right? I want to look at the players that they probably should have given more time to because Houston has really hitched on to some of these horses that you just beat a dead horse on, right? David Johnson getting these carries or, you know, uh, Amendola getting some of these uh, playing snaps. However, I look at a, a Rasul Douglas. Houston did bring him in in the last couple of games. He's had two pick sixes and a big stop uh, when the Packers played at the Cardinals on What's my boy? A.J. Green, he had a big stop in those two pick sixes. We have yet to really see Jimmy Moreland. He's only appeared in one game with one tackle. I want to say five snaps. Houston has not really given time to some of the players that they should have given time to. And Cody, how did you feel about that? Well, I'm I'm looking at that situation a little bit twofold. Because first and foremost, look, anytime you go into – training camp you go into otas and you make over 70 roster transactions a lot of the moves it's going to be a little bit of hit and miss and unfortunately for nick Asirio, he has done a lot of missing other than hitting however yeah, john shack at the free throw line <laughs> exactly exactly but you know and I think we can blame Nick Casario to a certain extent, but we can also give him a pass. Because like I just mentioned, 70 transactions, some of them is going to go under the radar. And, John, you mentioned the two defensive backs that the Texans had, especially Ra- Rasul. I don't want to blame that. I don't I don't want to say that that's on Nick Casario because at the time that he was released, the Texans still had Bradley Roby. And this was before they realized that Roby wasn't a so-called cultured fit however with that word of course this is where i have an issue with nick Casario because there are at least three or four roster moves where i look at and say 
the Houston Texans should have held on to that player because they are more talented than the guy that they wanted to give the opportunity to. But the guys that they want to give opportunities to, they are culture fit. And I hate to bring this up because we are now, what, at least two and a half months removed from this topic, but the releasing of Anthony Miller. Right now, Anthony Miller is healthy on the Pittsburgh Steelers practice squad. And when I take a look at this Houston Texans wide receiving core, who has been what? at best throughout the 2021 season, subpar, there is no way in the world Nick Casario, David Cully, Tim Kelly can explain to me that Anthony Miller could not and cannot help this wide receiver core. However, on the flip side of things, he was released because they wanted to give Danny Amendola an opportunity. And yes, Danny has been at least solid for the Houston Texans when healthy. However, the key word in that sentence is, when healthy this is a guy who has missed what a quarter of the season and i also have a problem with his age he's 35 years old and he does not have a future with this team in comparison to anthony miller who did have a future with this team because he's young because he is somebody that they can actually use in their rebuilding core and look john that is just one example i take a look at the the houston texans backfield rex burkhead is a culture fit I'm not too sure about Scotty Phillips, but what I would hate is for us to have the same exact conversation next year when Scotty Phillips rushed for what, let's say 150 yards for the, the, the New Orleans Saints or another team not named. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I just had to throw that in there, but another team not named. Now, I'm just saying, look, I would hate for us to have the same conversation in terms of Scotty Phillips. Let's say he signs with any other team not named the Houston Texans and have a career day, all because Nick Casario wanted to give Rex Burkhead the opportunity to be the Texans' number one running back because he is the culture fit. So that, that's just me. That's how I feel about this situation. You know, and I, I do want to say that we have to Look, the, the Texans passing defense is middle of the league, which is by far better than what they were last year, right? They were one of the mm. worst passing defenses ever. When we talked about Lovey Smith and that signing, one thing that Cody and I emphasized was I want to see some aspect of this defense have an improvement. And I think it has. Of course, they still can't stop a run. You know, you can run through them all day. But passing has been a big, uh, you know, Something good for this for this defense. So when I look at the two DBs, I, I do question whether or not they were going to fit into what they wanted to do here in Houston, especially considering they have had success with their DB units so far this year. Not as much as you may have wanted. We've, they've had a lot of turnover, a lot of guys missing games, injuries, just Reed getting suspended, but they're still sitting at 15 overall in passing defense, right? So it's not that big of a deal. I think what is big of a deal and what we should mention is the amount of players that you are moving on from that could be worth something, if not this year, then next year, that'll help with a rebuild compared to the players that you are choosing not to move on from. And we know that if they were on any other roster in the league, the possibility of, the, of them being cut is pretty high. And I think that is what the, the conversation should be around. Why are you guys hitching so much to some of these players? And, of course, one of the words that I get tired of talking about, but it's a word that we have to use, that culture word plays a big factor for the Houston Texans. I do believe that 
I also want to look at David Cully. This is going to help us transition to the next topic, right? David Cully was asked about the 2021 rookie class for the Texans. And he had to say, what you see after 13 ball games is those guys getting better and better. You're starting to see why we drafted these guys. They're good people and they're good players. So they're starting to show why they are here. That's very important. I think that's big for the confidence. But I think that's a very great point when looking at the future of this office. The Texans drafted how many offensive players with their first few picks? Three. And I think that's important to discuss. So don't go anywhere. Locked on Texans coming up. More locked on Texans coming up next. And Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away. And on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an inclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star L.A. hotels, and food by the Great Wolf Game Pub. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. Welcome back, Locked On Texan fans, and thank you for making us your first listen every day. Cody, hearing those words from your head coach by David Culley, which I just mentioned, and you talked about how happy he was for those players. They're starting to see why they were drafted, you know, for Houston. Uh, hearing those words for the younger guys, before we talk about Davis Mills, how do you think that impacts them in the, in the last four games and, and heading into their sophomore year? It just gives them confidence. And look, the last segment, we talked about Nick Casario doing a lot of missing. But what I would say, and I know it's still early, I think Nick Casario did an extremely good job over this past draft. And every single one of these guys from Davis Mills, Nico Collins, Brevin Jordan, Roy Lopez, and Garrett Wallow, all five of these guys have made an impact on this team. And, John, I've been impressed. And especially when you consider the hand that Nick Casario and the Texans were dealt by, you know, having your first pick starting in the middle of the third round, not, e- not even the top of the third round, the not middle. even the first pick, in the smack dead middle of the third round. You, you make moves to get back into the third round to get another great prospect. You get arguably the second best tight end in this draft class. Then you get two guys who have one guy who has made it an extreme impact on the defensive line. And Garrett Waddle is finally starting to get some time playing in that linebacking core. But he has been one of the good guys who have been um, reliable on special teams. All five of these guys have been really good, and I'm really excited to see what the future holds for these guys. And look, with four games left until the 2021 season, you know they're going to get experience that they need in order to go into the offseason and say, I need to work on X, Y, and Z so I can help this organization get back to some type of relevancy in 2022. And, John, I am really excited to see what this is going to mean as they enter their second season. I get it. We are what? 10 months away from the start of their second season, but you have to give kudos to Nick Casario about the guys that he was able to draft. Absolutely. And right now, if you guys don't know, Brevin Jordan is tied with the most touchdowns on the team with three, and he's only played a handful of games for the Texas. Now, that's a damn shame. All right. (laughs) 
but it does speak, it does speak to how you know he's coming along in the uh, process of planning this offense. I think so. And so I just want to give you guys that little tidbit. But let's talk about that a little bit, and let's talk about Davis Mills, right? And by the way, I think one thing that really helped Davis Mills. And the connection that he'd have with his receiver starting with Brandon Cooks is getting Brandon Cooks to a thousand yards. Brandon Cooks right now sitting at 843 with four games left. I know he can get there. He's got to give him the ball, right? But Davis Mills, right? He had a very good day uh, on Saturday, on Sunday, excuse me. Uh, the most attempts that he's had, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. And, and I look at a guy like Davis Mills, who we've discussed whether or not he should, should target. A quarterback in next year's draft. Now, what I've mentioned has been, yeah, I'm not mad if they don't. I would be disappointed if they target if they make a quarterback the top. Uh, mm -hmm. And and why do I feel like? Well, first of all, you guys have a lot of issues that you need to work on: offensive line, getting an edge rusher, getting some DBs. I also think running back is more important than a quarterback position, considering what this franchise is. Now, if you go out and get a quarterback in that fifth round because you need to have somebody, you don't want to be in a situation where, like, you were this year where only you only had Jeff Driscoll to, you know, potentially be a backup. Or you, you don't want to be in that position. And, of course, Houston may look at bringing in a free agent, a veteran at quarterback. But I think Davis Mills deserves a shot for next year to kind of see if he can take over for this franchise. In the last four games – would be important. Well, the last five, we, we saw what he did on Sunday. And one of the things that I wanted to see out of Davis Mills was, number one, let's get some touchdowns. Let's put some points on the board. Uh, we mentioned that, you know, he had one touchdown, could have had another one. Brandon Cooks was stopped short of one of those. So potentially two touchdowns on a day. Cody, you counted another one where, you know, just miscommunication maybe. But Davis Mills had played good on Sunday. I think so. Opened that game up 14-14 from the field. Slanging it, getting out there, using his legs, moving around in the pocket, making quick, decisive throws. And these are the things that we wanted to see out of that young quarterback. And hearing your coach going back to uh, David Cully saying, you know, you're seeing why we drafted him. You're seeing why we drafted a, a Nico Collins and traded up for him, Reverend Jordan. But specifically, I'm going to talk about Davis Mills. You're seeing why Houston believed in him in the first place. Has a good arm. Right, and when he is being decisive and quick with his decision making, he looks pretty decent. Huh. Right, and, and I and I like that. One thing I liked about Sunday's game where the time where he got out of the pocket, he made some very good throws. Davis Mills is in the position to be. I'm not going to call him a franchise quarterback. I would never do that. <laughs> Wouldn't do that. But if we're looking at Houston, right? Houston can go two ways. And I look at this season as purgatory. Why? Well, last season was the death of the Texans. This year, you're waiting to see whether or not you're going to go to the upper room or you're waiting to see if you're going to go down and, and have a talk with somebody else. So this is why a lot of fans are having difficulty with the season because they don't realize the Texans are in purgatory. Now, how long can purgatory last is up to the Texans. But in this time frame, you give that young man a shot. And what you can do is, while he's working on becoming an NFL quarterback, you're also working on growing your roster. That way, whenever it is time to move on from him, if you do have to move on from him, if he doesn't turn out to be 
a quarterback that you can be, that you can have for the future, rather, then all of your other needs are met. Kind of like the Houston Texans were when they drafted Deshaun Watson. Kind of like how, uh, if I want to give you more uh, of a, a better a better reasoning or an example, I, I think that's kind of fair. Before Deshaun, Brock Osweiler, uh, Brian Hoyer, Fitzpatrick, Ryan Mallett, I think Josh, Josh Johnson played some couple quarterbacks stands for Houston, but they were good in every other aspect for this team. Now, while you're letting Davis Mills grow, you get your offensive line together. You get your running back position together. You get your, your DBs together. You get that deep front together because we know Lovey Smith wants guys to get after the ball, right? Get those sacks that helps create turnovers. And then when it's all said and done, if he's not performing, hey, you got Bryce Young in 2023. You got uh, Quinn Ayers, uh, who just transferred to Texas. He'll be out in a couple of years. He's, he's quote-unquote generational. We'll see how it works out. But Davis Mills absolutely deserves a shot to be the starter for next year. I 100% agree with you, but, John, you went as far as to say you would never call him a franchise quarterback. And I'm not going to sit here and call him a franchise quarterback as of yet, but what I will say is Davis That's Mills I mean. has a shot. Davis Mills definitely has a shot. And look, you know me, John, listeners and viewers. What's something I say here every single week here on Locked On Texans? I look at everything in its totality. I don't get caught up in the what went on on Sunday and then next Sunday have a different opinion and all this other stuff. No, I look at everything in its totality. When I take a look at the promise that Davis Mills has showed throughout this entire season, I honestly do believe that he has an opportunity to become the Texans' next franchise quarterback. Now think about it, John and listeners. We have seen this guy start seven games. He has thrown for over 300 yards three times. And out of those seven games, I can honestly say there's only been three games where he looked god-awful. That was the game against the Indianapolis Colts, the game against the Atlanta, um, not Atlanta, Arizona Cardinals, and, of course, the L.A. Rams. All the other games... Yes, he did not win those, and as of right now, he do sit at 0-7. But what I would say, there was a reasoning behind either him struggling or the Texans still coming out on the losing end that wasn't his fault. Let's start off with the Carolina Panthers. That was his first start on a Thursday night after Tyrod Taylor got hurt, so he really did not have time to prepare as the team's starting quarterback. He was thrown into the fire and actually did pretty good. And we all can sit here and agree that Tim Kelly is the reason why they did not win that game. The Buffalo Bills games, look, it was the weather. All quarterbacks, a lot of quarterbacks would have struggled in that game. The New England Patriots, which is still by far his best performance, once again, Tim Kelly. And, of course, the game against the Seattle Seahawks, once again, Tim Kelly. I see all that just to say, when I look at Davis Mills this year, I have been impressed by the way he has basically been thrown into the fire and was still able to show some promise. And then the seven games that he has started, when you compare that to the uh, to all the other rookie quarterbacks around the leagues, as of right now, Davis Mills is entering week 15 with the second highest passer rating amongst all rookie quarterbacks. And of course, the only rookie quarterback who is ahead of him is Mac Jones. That is saying a lot, John and listeners. And look, I get it. There are some generational talent that is coming out in 2023 and possibly 2024. But at the end of the day, if Davis Mills is, is, comes comes into 2022 and he is showcasing the same potential, of course, getting better, because I do believe 
Davis Mills is not even coming close to scratching the surface of the type of quarterback that he could actually become. Because remember, like I just mentioned, every single game he was thrown into the fire. He was basically thrown into this season because, look, if Tyrod Taylor stays healthy, we're still looking at Davis Mills as a project quarterback, and we're not having this conversation. He is getting the experience that he needs early, and I think that's going to help him in the long run. I say all that just to say, do not be surprised come 2023, we're still talking about Davis Mills as the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans. This guy has shown a lot of promise. And once again, I'm not just saying that just after what he did on Sunday. I'm looking at every single game. And of course, John, like I've always been doing throughout this whole entire season, comparing him to the other rookie class. Do you realize at moments, at times, he has looked better than Trevor Lawrence, the guy who went number one overall. Yeah. He has a, and he damn sure looked better than Zach Wilson, who went number two overall. The Jets would have been better selecting Davis Mills. Here's an interesting point that I got from Twitter from at above average coach. He tweeted that if the Texans had drafted Wilson or Lawrence and they were putting up the same numbers Davis Mills with no wins, fans would be saying that he's just a rookie and he'll be fine. Hmm. But he, he continued with but Mills because he – because they didn't like the pick, and he's a third rounder. They're running to close the book on him already, and I think that's pretty valid. No matter how we feel about exactly. the man, we can always agree. Well, I'm not gonna say we can always agree, but I think in this case, we can agree that Tim Kelly has been a huge problem and has done a disservice to this young man at quarterback. Right? And, um, and I do want to throw this in there as well because this is playing the fact that a lot of fans they feel some kind of way knowing that Deshaun Watson isn't a quarterback for the Houston Texans no more. Absolutely. So at the end of the day, I'm looking at this from a standpoint. It didn't matter if it was Davis Mills, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, um, whoever you want to throw in there. They was going to have a hard time winning over the fans because of everything that has transpired with Deshaun Watson. That's also agree. playing a part. So 100% I, agree. And I'm actually at, getting excited about Mills, man. I, w- I wouldn't say excited. I mean, it's, listen. There's still a lot of unknown about this young man and what he can do. Oh, most definitely. But I, I think the biggest thing that we know is he's been handcuffed. I think so. Um, he got four more games left. In these four games, what do I want to see out of this young rookie quarterback who has thrown for 1,700 yards, eight touchdowns, eight interceptions? I want to see more touchdowns. Of course, I want to see points on the board. But I think he has to win one game this season in order to really say, okay, well, you know, at some level, he's a winner. Well, that one game might come this Sunday. It just might do that. (laughs) And before we wrap up today's show, here's a quick word from Stance. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside of some of the pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression. Stance believes the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. Those who feel good do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at Stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort and life less ordinary with Stance. Thanks for making the Locked On Texas your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to Locked On Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. 
is free and available on all platforms. Cole, you know, we talk, we're talking about, you know, Davis Mills in the previous segment. And on Sunday, that was his highest total yards at 331 thrown in the game against the L.A. Rams. 310, two touchdowns, one interception against the New England Patriots, who, to your credit, is still his best game. 312 yards, three touchdowns, and zero interceptions. You know, this young man does have something. And I think one thing Houston needs to do in order to maximize his potential is go ahead and let him air it out, man. Sunday, I saw a lot of four wide out, five wide out formations. You know, they were very short at the running back position. So they utilized uh, their wide receiver core in, in the first half. I think that's what helped them get to the 13 and six uh, down three at halftime because of that offense. I think they were moving well, they were moving quickly. They were getting their ball out. There's a lot of different uh, formations that they were using with those four or five wideouts. And overall, you know, he looked comfortable being in shotgun for majority of that game, man. And if we're being honest, which we've always are, the run game is atrocious. When was the last time Mark Ingram suited up to be a Texan? I want to say Rams game, maybe. Long ago. Oh, was the game before the Rams? A long time ago, right? Mm-hmm. He's still the leading rusher for this team. I mean, but, I'm not surprised. Right. If we look at Davis Mills, of course, he's played in more games, but he's averaging nearly 200 passing yards per game in his starts. Uh, he's also uh, sitting at almost 17. I mean, he's at 1,700 passing yards. He's leading the team in passing yards. This wide receiving group is a group that I think needs to feel that ball in order to make this team go especially when I look at this game on Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Look, we talk about the Houston Texans and them being in the mess, but the Jaguars are in a mess. They are a mess of a team, and they don't deserve to win on Sunday. I, I don't think they do. I think the three games that I picked Houston to win, this, this third game will happen on Sunday. But overall, I think Houston should air it out, man. I think they should put the ball in the air, put the ball in Brady Cook's hands, put the ball in Nico Collins' hands, put the ball in Brevin Jordan's hands if he plays, and allow them to operate in space, put points on the board, and get that young quarterback a win on Sunday. And once again, it goes back to Tim Kelly as the primary play caller. And what frustrates me, Davis Mills has shown us he is at his best when he is putting that ball in the air. And as you can see, uh, he has showcased the ability to be a very accurate quarterback at times. I just don't understand why Tim Kelly keep putting this guy in a box. I really do not. And I, I, and I don't want to make this a Tim Kelly type of issue because, look, say what you want about David Culley. He has been an offensive coach for, what, over 20 years. Pep Hamilton. It, offensive position coach, rather than be the wide receiver coach, quarterback coach. At the end of the day, he has been coaching. He has been studying. He has been analyzing on the offensive side of the ball. Pep Hamilton. I don't want I don't want to let him go by the wayside either. But you got three guys who are offensive-minded coaches, and all you do is score 13 points. That just came in the first half. <laughs> I just don't understand. You know what? Maybe we should start our own petition. Let Davis Mills cook. And he's young. When no. he cooks, no, 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 no. When he cooks, no. sometimes the food isn't going to be good. He's going to burn the food. 
But that's how you learn. He has to learn from his mistakes. And these last four games is a time for him to go out there, air it out. That way he can learn from his, his mistakes. And that way he'll have a better opportunity to be but I think he has an opportunity to be is a franchise quarterback, even if it's not for the Houston Texans and they move on from him. Another team. This guy has a lot of potential, John. And I'm not about to listen to all the naysayers and, and just say, oh, my God, Davis Mills, blah, 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 blah. And like I just mentioned in the second segment, I'm not getting caught up in what took place on Sunday. I'm looking at everything in its totality. When you look at everything like that. This sounds like those seven wins. <laughs> Franchise no, 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 no. Like. Hey, like I say, he has an opportunity to. Once again, John, when you take a look at how he was basically thrown into this season, a season in which everyone, including the Houston Texans, thought it was just going to be a red shirt year, and he goes out and do this? I would like to add before we move out of here, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson had great things to say about the young quarterback that Houston drafted. And listen, a lot of guys around the league, especially with his Stanford background, believe that if he would have came back for another year and had an opportunity to play a full year, that he may have been went in the first round. So there is talent there. There is potential there. I don't believe in playing a 1990 early 2000 uh, style of quarterbacking with these younger guys. They come into the league more faster. They process things faster. They're more uh, ready. They're literally faster than a lot of those older quarterbacks. And I think that you have to play to their skill set or play to their strength. The number one example of that is the MVP uh, from a couple of years ago, Lamar Jackson. Then Mm -hmm. another example of that is Kyler Murray. There are examples of guys that are succeeding and thriving in offenses because their head coach or their OC is playing to their strengths. I'm Johnson Sports Guy Hickman. Thank you guys for checking out this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Texas podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook. Also, the adoption of the family for this Christmas is still going on, guys. If you know a family in need, please do not hesitate to contact me or Cody. You can DM us. You can get that information over to us. Whatever you want, also donate uh, to the uh, the GoFundMe as well. We're taking donations as well. Again, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texas. Like us on Facebook. Like, subscribe, and comment on YouTube. And hit us up for the family donation, the Christmas shopping spree. And as always, please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore twenty four. Once again, that's Cody C O T Y D A V I S underscore twenty four. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen. Peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.